Welcome back to the OSU Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Sturm, joined by Adam Engel and Sam Hutchins. Yep, that is right. Happy to be here, guys. Uh, another week to talk about four matches in the books for Oklahoma State. Yeah, guys, we get a different result to talk about, right? The we Cowgirls do. did not pull out a win versus Baylor. Yep. Uh, so, get to... What, what were your guys' thoughts on the game? You know, obviously... Well, his, I, I will say quickly, uh, they didn't pull out a win, but they are still undefeated, right? Uh, four matches, uh, a scoreless draw, so 3-0-1, a pretty pretty good record. Sit, sitting near the top of the Big 12 standings, Jacob, your initial thoughts from Friday. Well, I said it on last week's podcast. I felt, I don't know what exactly I felt. I felt kind of nervous about it. I thought it was a game where we would see how they'll take charge when they needed to. Mm-hmm. And... You know, you're coming off a big win against West Virginia uh, last week. Um, I guess now we're talking it's over a week ago. But when you're coming off a win like that, the complacency was the biggest thing I was concerned about coming into the to that match on Friday. And it certainly looked like they were complacent. Yeah, well, I don't know. Here, Here's here's something we have to remember. Uh, Jennifer Want, Baylor's goalkeeper, with that shutout, uh, the new program leader in Baylor's shutout, she had a phenomenal game. I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, there were there were there were shots from Dowell, saves from Want, where honestly this game could have been two nil, one nil, Oklahoma State. Unfortunately, you know that that didn't happen, and that's why we're here. I mean, uh, you know, uh, shoulda, woulda, coulda. It 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 didn't happen. Um, although I mean, off- offensively, they the Oklahoma State had their chances. Uh, remember early in the game, Gabriella Coleman, she, she had that one. She just she just missed it wide. Um, like, like, yeah, so there were shots that were saved by want, you know, that, that are saves because I I don't, I don't know. I, I I feel like, uh, as commentators or or people in the media or even casual soccer fans, they, they say, oh, that's a great save. But at the same time, what is considered a save should, is like, is like routine. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? A, a, A good save is, is a shot that they shouldn't usually save. And that's what we saw here in Baylor. But at the same time, like I said, Gabrielle Coleman, Olivia Dowell, uh, Hannah Webb, she, that was a nice shot from distance just over the crossbar. Uh, yeah, o- Oklahoma State had their chances. You know, th- that shot from Gabrielle Coleman was one that would have beat, beaten Watt. That that w- would have been not a save for Watt. It would have been a goal. Fortunately, it just went wide right yeah adam i feel like that moment that you're talking about uh early in the first half mm-hmm. when gabriel coleman got the breakaway i feel like that moment was kind of a microcosm of how the game went for that the cowgirls yeah. you know coleman who you know she'd been fighting the back of the net with mm-hmm. uh regularity these last couple mm-hmm. games and honestly the cowgirls as a whole had really been humming offensively so when coleman you know she uh uh, received that ball that was, was a great ball greatly too. played in, and you know she ran it down, did her thing on the left sideline, and she'd notched two eerily similar goals yeah. in the last two games. But you know when when I saw that play uh, transpire, play out, I thought that Coleman was gonna score it, and you know business as usual. But when her shot was a little wide, it kind of was a microcosm. You know, cowgirls just just missed on oh cashing out in yeah. uh, multiple occasions, and you know want and the Baylor defense made it hard. So yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You once again, you got to give credit where credit is due to that Baylor defense, and it's funny because 
uh, you know, I've, I looking back after the game, I actually went back and, and you know watched that shot several times. Gabrielle Coleman was upset. You know, you know, Gabrielle Coleman understood that. You know, gosh, I really wish I could have that one back. But at the same time, it happens. You, you know, it's it's soccer. It's it's part of the game. You know, it, you know. Uh, but I guess to quote Wayne Gretzky, you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So. You know, you, you you never know if it's going to go in until you actually shoot the ball. Yeah, and I think some of the attack that they had early on in that game, I mean, you, you're finishing that. Most of the time, yeah. you're go, you're expected mm-hmm. to finish that. And I think that com- that could change mm-hmm. an, an entire complexity of a match. Just to sit there and in the first 10 minutes, you get a goal. Now you're just playing back. You're, you know that you have the lead, so now mm-hmm. you're playing with – house money basically you don't have to worry about going forward again and sure if you don't go forward again you're going to take a lot of pressure and you're probably going to concede a goal but in that same in that same kind of thought process now your the pressure's not on you anymore and i think mm-hmm. what osu kind of struggled with early on was getting off that pressure because they're the team that was expected to come in and score they were supposed to move the game along that just never really happened and i think their chances they got were fine chances. They just never capitalized on them the way that I think a lot of people expected. Oh, exactly. I agree. Well, the the crazy thing is is once Baylor, I mean, once Baylor took OSU to overtime, we had those those two overtime periods, and and in that overtime, I mean, you could tell all the all twenty two players on the field were gassed. Shots there were there were, I think only two or three shots take, um, you know, recorded. It was a, a really uh, tightly contested overtime, but with that being said, you know o- Oklahoma State had the chance to win the game in regulation. I I I feel like you know I, I guess in in retrospect it is very easy for us to say this, but I feel like that game had a higher chance of being finished in regulation rather than one of one of the overtime periods. Now something that I did notice right away is Baylor. I mean their 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 game plan was clear right out of the whistle. They they were attacking. I mean, geez, in in the first what six or seven minutes, um, Emily Plotz was you know already already kicked three goal kicks, and that's the other thing is Plotz, man. She, I believe, man, that is the bu- that's the busiest she's ever been all all season as as an OSU cowgirl. Yeah, I think that you know just watching this game, obviously Oklahoma State, the number four team in the nation, Baylor mm-hmm. coming in unranked. So you know watching this game uh, with preconceived notions, you might assume that the cowgirls would jump out to a big lead, but uh, you know after sitting back, if you just took off the uh, you know logos off the scoreboard mm-hmm. and all the players were just running around i feel like you wouldn't have been able to tell which team was at least supposed to be the superior mm-hmm. team right it felt very equally matched uh shots on goals were even at six apiece yeah and you know we've talked about how not all shots on goals are created equal but both teams had quality chances to score so i yeah. thought that uh you know time of possession was pretty even in this game too uh, I thought that, you know, and obviously as the scoreboard showed by uh, ending in a tie, these two teams really just felt uh, very equally matched. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's the truth. It, it is, you know, that that is, you know, that is what it is. They are two evenly matched teams. And it's funny because it can be de- deceiving if, if, if you look in the past. Baylor's season last year, they were about 500. The year before there, or that, I mean, Baylor's been a good team they've made some deep runs into the ncaa tournament and media availability um 
Coach Carmichael said, yeah, I mean, Baylor's a physical team. They have a great defense. And, and that's the thing. I think people forget that within the Big 12 soccer world, Baylor is known year in, year out for having just some stifling defense. And that's shown. What's, cra- what's crazy, man, they've played four games. I'm, I'm sure they like to have a few of these back. But they've played four games, uh, only one loss, but zero, I mean, zero wins. So... Zero, one, and three. And and what's funny is in those four games, they've only conceded two goals, which both of those were in one game conceded to Iowa State. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. So Baylor, certainly uh, no stranger to, uh, you know, low-scoring games and, you know, shutting teams out in their own right. So, you know, the Cowgirls, this was probably their stiffest defensive test they've faced. Uh, you know, West Virginia, obviously a very highly ranked team in their own right. So, you know, uh, that team... It felt that West Virginia, the Mountaineers felt a little more maybe offensively mm-hmm. based or at least more yeah. evenly spread out. But I guess uh, a combination of playing style and personnel that the Bears have, well, and yeah. just a tradition of holding teams to low goals. You know, uh, zero. I I don't think a zero zero draw is uh, as surprising as people might think. Yeah. Well, it, the other thing, the other thing is you say the kind of contrast of styles. Uh, you know, with with uh, what OSU experienced a week ago and uh, against West Virginia Baylor. So what I noticed, you know, obviously Baylor Baylor came out swinging. You, you, you know, they they started attacking, trying to get shots on net. But then what I noticed towards the second half, um, Baylor seemed like they were more of a game manager, just defensively focused, trying not to concede a goal. I, I mean, obviously, if there's opportunities on the uh, attacking third they'll take those but it was a little I think they changed their game plan a little bit in the second half because at the same time uh the second half who was dom- who was dominating the offensive possession like in in terms of shots was was Oklahoma State but man I mean you gotta tip you gotta tip the cap to Jennifer Want she was fantastic she made some unbelievable saves and because of that Oklahoma State will have to wait until at least 2022 to attempt to try to get a win out of Waco because, hey, it's been since 2000, since 2011 was the last time that they escaped uh, Baylor's Betty Lou Mays soccer field with the win. So That's a crazy stat. Yeah, That's a long It time. really is. And one of the things that I'm going to kind of build off what you were saying about how compact Baylor's defense was just the way that OSU had to attack that defense, I think played to Baylor's advantage a lot better than a lot of the other teams that they, um, that OSU's played so far. They sent um, a lot of, it looked like a lot of the um, attacking play was created from the wingbacks going Mm -hmm. down the line, crossing it in. And they never really found that final ball. I mean, they did at times, but were they, I mean, outside of the Dow chances, which, I mean, you, you do have to give a lot of credit to Want for yeah. just making incredible saves. But outside of those, I think, two chances that she had, I I don't think that OSU's final ball was ever really there. And I think that that's going to influence the way the match goes. Yeah, we got to remember uh, what Coach Carmichael told us in the post game. It he, he said that especially in the first half, it felt like, uh, you know, all their attacking opportunities that they were just a step off or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a foot off on the pass or, you know, the shot went a little wide. So it exactly. felt like, it yeah. felt like you know, 
as Jacob said, it just wasn't all there. It didn't all quite come together for the Cowgirls, uh, you know, which is what you need to score goals. And, you know, uh, Olivia Dow, she's going to get hers. She's really emerged as one of the uh, premier offensive weapons for this team. She had three shots on goal, three out of the six for the uh, Cowgirls. So she's going to get hers. Credit to Baylor for containing her. But, uh, you know, another thing that maybe didn't uh, play out exactly how the Cowgirls uh, needed to for offensive success was the uh, skinnier field that Coach Carmichael referenced that Baylor has. You know, just a little bit of difference, but hey, we just talked about how everything is a foot wide or, you know, a, um, a short uh, step short. Maybe that uh, slight reduction in the field width had something to do with it. And I, I just want to say this, and it's not going to be very long, but yeah. I found it kind of funny that... Um, just the way that their field was so close to like the river and how if yeah, yeah. you kick it over the fence, it's going it, into the river and someone's yeah. gonna have to fish it out. I yeah. just found that hilarious. That's funny. Yeah, that's true. And 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 it's funny because that well, I guess luckily for them, that river was only on one side. So on on the other side, you ha- now I, I I didn't see because you know sometimes TV cameras can be deceiving. Is so once you get it past the fence, what, was there just a little grass and and then the river, or or was there a, a kind of a stopping point for that ball? Do you know? It looked it looked like it kind of slanted down and was, into it. And yeah, it was headed it, straight, for, straight, straight for the what? Uh, Brazos, Bra- Brazos, Brazos River. I believe it's the yeah. Brazos. Yeah, it looked Brazos like it all River. funneled in there. You kind of yeah. had a little uh, AT and T Park action from the San Francisco Giants place. You could yeah, oh, pull up, pull up in a kayak and catch yeah, a game. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was funny because we we were watching we were watching the game and well the pregame. I looked and I was like, what the heck? There is a shirtless kayaker in. On the, like in the shot, and sure enough, yeah, maybe that guy was uh maybe that guy was, you know maybe that guy went went into the river with the objective. Hey, I'm gonna catch a soccer ball tonight. Sights and sounds yeah. of playing in Waco. Exactly. I'm just saying oh, that that in the also, bus. Also, yeah, that well, in the, bus. the bus. But then <laughs> you, you guys, you guys heard all those cicadas, right? Yeah, the cicadas. They were out in full force. Yeah. Wow. A lot of trees around that stadium. You know, that's not something that Neil Patterson Stadium no, has. Yeah. And well, I love how everything looks a little different. But, yeah, there were certainly, you know, there are limited spectators, but the cicadas didn't appear to be social distancing no, no, at all in no. those trees. I'm not yeah. kidding. Okay, so now this is something we're going to do this time, at least. Um, as we're recording this, I have just written the report card mm-hmm. for what I thought all these grades I gave for all these different categories are from this game. I'm going to ask you guys um, some of these categories and just see what you guys think. Well, first off, qu- quick question, because because I do know that this is your first, uh, I guess, report card of the season. Is is this going to be a series? Are you going to try to yes. do it every match from now on? I'm going to attempt to do it every, every match from here until the end, All right. for sure. Well, then, yeah, because, because of that, we will have a new segment on the OSU soccer pod. So Let's do it. Yeah. I'm ready for this. All right. Okay. So, I don't know which one of these I should start with. I guess we'll kind of go okay. Kind of go from what stood out to me, um, and we'll try to do it from least to most. So at the end, we have the bigger ones that we were talking okay. about. Okay. Um, so up front, let's let's say, what do you guys think? Creativity. Where where was the creativity in the attack? In like like uh, build up play. How did letter how did grades? They, yeah, like a letter grade, uh, and you can do. Plus, minus, whatever you want to do on it. I will preface my reaction by saying that I am certainly not a soccer X and O's aficionado. I am a, <laughs> a casual 
casual, uh, you know, fan to watching the game before I uh, came into this beat. So, you know, Coach Carmichael certainly uh, has forgotten more soccer than I'll ever learn. But uh, from what I could tell, I would give the creativity uh, kind of a low grade solely because they didn't have that much opportunity. Uh, I thought... You know, the possessions that, uh, you know, looked like they might materialize into goals for the Cowgirls, they kind of seem to be how uh, all possessions work for the Cowgirls. Almost more, uh, you know, big plays where mm-hmm. maybe one pass unlocks an entire defense. There didn't seem That's to be that point. many uh, set pl- set pieces where, uh, you know, goals, uh, goal chances manifested. So do I need a letter grade or a number grade? Uh, a letter grade. L- letter I will grade give it a... Yeah, uh, plus minus. If I'll want. give it a... C plus. Okay. Okay. Well, I I would say something with the uh, well, I guess. Well, set. I mean, not really set pieces, but more of like uh, more of indirect or direct free kicks. Because if if you look at the foul margin, Baylor uh, multiplied OSU. Baylor had sixteen fouls, contrary or excuse me, nineteen. Yeah. Contrary to Oklahoma State's six, so. You know, you have those opportunities there, but yeah, um, Sam, I, I was while you were going, I, I was over here thinking, I was like, uh, man, C plus, and that is what I'm gonna stick with, C plus, because well, the crazy thing is, is normally, you know, normally on NPS, which by the way, I think the the electric atmosphere um, certainly plays a part, but Charme Morgan is usually a orchestrator on the right wing you know just i mean gosh coleman and morgan those they are speedy they their their speed and well also speed but then coleman's coleman's size is size yeah yeah, she's just she she's a she's hard to take down yeah and uh what what would what grade would you give you said c plus as well a c plus okay what i i gave it a b minus so we're all kind of in the same okay Okay. in the same tier I thought they looked they looked like you know if you're going to make a winning goal, if you're going to produce that goal, you've got to go out and get a great chance. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like they got that great chance until well, I, I they did. had a shot at it and I think it kind of you know, the yeah. goalkeeper just made a incredible save and you just have to yeah. tip your hat and say, "You know what? You can't really do anything about that." But outside of that one chance, I don't feel like they did produce that goal or they didn't produce that opportunity to get that goal yeah well what i'm I'm going to stand by i i believe osu's best chance to score their best chance bar none was that olivia coleman shot and i i think it was gabriella coleman shot right what what did i say olivia coleman oh my bad i mean (laughs) gosh yeah not not a hybrid of those two players would certainly be getting some goals (laughs) oh my gosh yeah i mean yeah, that that is a good point. But yes, Gabriella Coleman. Uh, sorry, Olivia Dowell. No disrespect. Uh, yeah, Gabriella Coleman. I, I forget what exactly what minute was it. It 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 was relatively Inside early, of wasn't 10 it? Minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. quite early. I, yeah, I think I think it was actually in 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 the eighth minute. But yeah, I I mean that was a great ball from was it Dowell? I think set it up. And then, well, well, the other thing is you talk about the creativity, but um, I, I don't know. I, I Well, to me, creativity, I think, you know, cro- I think good crosses, you, you know. Now, if defensively, Hannah Webb, obvi- I mean, this is 
what Hannah Webb does best, but she she sacrificed that body, blocked a lot of crosses. Sure. Very valuable for that OSU defense. Yeah, and I guess we'll um, transition into the next one I have. Uh, what would you guys rate passing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's you know, uh, it, yeah, uh, it, it's it's tough because that was a game where you know, obviously. Kind of like games past, the first half was split possession. in 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 the second half, um, in in the second half, OSU dominated possession. But yes, I would give passing probably probably a B plus. I mean, they they've had they had some really good opportunities. Like I said once again, that Coleman shot, what a pass! You, you know, there there was many passes. So remember that uh, that shot that. Olivia Dowell had inside the box. She turned on her left foot. That was off a pass. Fortunately, she missed. But you know, she she was there at the right place, right time. Yeah, I like the graded B plus. You yeah. know, this game uh, it kind of morphed into a game where uh, time of possession was key. And while that was pretty evenly split in the first half, the Cowgirls definitely kind of jumped out ahead in the second half. Maybe settled in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they they did much better in time of possession in the second half. So you know, passing and time of possession are obviously. Uh, pretty closely linked so yeah i feel good about a b plus grade what do you mm-hmm. have jacob i put a b so okay we're also in the same category wow. here but um i thought i felt like they played backwards a lot and usually they did you know it's fine i'm not gonna go out and kill you for <laughs> going backwards if you need to but i also feel like it just kind of went to show there wasn't a whole lot of Pass. I mean, outside of the ones that we've already mentioned, there wasn't a whole lot of passing into good opportunities. Yeah, They're just passing to retain the ball, and I feel like, you know, that's fine. I don't. I'm not one to be overly impressed with just retaining the ball. I want yeah. you to go forward, make something of your opportunities, and I just don't feel like they got enough of those opportunities to go forward. Um, and I think it was kind of a result of them not. Being, I mean, the creativity kind of goes hand in hand with this, but they just weren't creative enough on making those opportunities happen. I think they had a few runs that they held. They didn't give it. Um, they didn't push it forward with a few of their runs when they probably could have. And it just kind of. I think it kind of played to Baylor's favor a little bit too much, and I think that's partially why it was nil nil. I think that's a so, fair assessment right there. That you make a good point. And then we'll only do two more. I have a few extra ones on here, but we'll just do two more. Um, shooting. A. I, I, I'm going to give, uh, I, well, I mean, these grades are just for OSU, right? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give them, uh, well, A, because, all right, well, are, are, are we talking about the, the accuracy of the shots or? Everything in, involved okay. with it. Okay. Be- well, obviously, the accuracy would be a downside because you know they they had those aside from those wonderful uh, saves from one uh, a lot of the shots you know went wide went high, um, but like I said, guys, the chances were there. The chances were there. Unfortunately, Oklahoma State you know uh, just unable to capitalize. But hey, at the same time, it happens. It, it's part of the game. You, yeah, a goalie can only make yeah. great saves yeah. when, uh, you know, faced with a great shot. So, exactly. You know, uh, I thought Dow had some good shots. Uh, I mean... Who was it that put one in the upper 90? Um, I believe I believe Dow put one in the upper yeah. 90. Uh, I mean... That was blocked over the crossbar. And, uh, 
you know, Gabriella Coleman had a tough angle on her shot, so it, it was honestly yeah, a pretty good shot, a just a little angle. wide. But right. uh, she put it where, you know, the keeper couldn't get it. So, you know, uh, certainly not an A+. Can't give uh, much higher than an A without, uh, you know, putting a score on the board. But, uh, you know, especially for a game that ended in a nil-nil, I think it was about as uh, high as a shooting grade yeah. um, that you can get for a nil-nil game. So I feel good about an A. An A? Wow, okay. I'm surprised. Oh, okay. This is not at all what I put. Let's I see. Put, I put C. Ooh. Okay. And Let's hear why. my reasoning why, I feel like you... Accuracy is so important when you're taking shots. Obviously. And, but... I mean, you can't state it enough. It's so important. But the just the quality of chances they had and they didn't get goals for, yeah. I think you have to look at it as a negative. And sure. you had the opportunities, exactly what you guys were saying. The opportunities were there. And to not score makes me think you have to look back at it and go, why why did they not score? Oh no, I and, mean I mean that's true. They I'm yeah, I'm I'm sure Coach Colin Carmichael was obviously, you know, probably a little disappointed because like I said, there were some shots that should have should have went in the back of the net, but And I will say this, I mean, I don't want to get too analytical on it yeah. or anything, but I mean they had fourteen shots. Yeah. In yeah. in the entirety of the game. And they had six of those fourteen were on target. Yeah. So this the keeper only had to worry about six. Very and th- true. And now you're taking out the ones that they're not very well hit yeah they're not um put in the perfect spot and so the keeper won't even have to really worry about those i think what i would say two Mm -hmm. were legitimate shots opportunities that i think you're expecting your your attacking player to score on Mm -hmm. so i think you know for the amount of chances you had and what came of those chances I don't. I mean, I would give Baylor the same. I would give Baylor a C as well. But I just, I wasn't impressed enough to think. You know, if I'm going to give you higher than a C plus, you know, you need to be ha- you need to be capitalizing on those opportunities because those are not ones that you're supposed to. Um, you can't pass up on those. You know, and so I, I was way more critical than you guys on that one. I find that very interesting. But yeah, that's what I. That's why I um, came up with on that one. And then my last one for you guys to give me a rating on is mm-hmm. what assess the overtime periods. Well, I think, you know, cool. kind of uh, re- reflecting back on it, the overtime periods, it was almost like they didn't need to be played, right? Like not yeah. a whole lot happened in them. The players, uh, obviously, I believe both teams were coming off a uh, draw in the previous match. No, wait, no, obviously. They were uh, tired. Yeah, I mean, West Virginia, uh, Oklahoma State obviously won the West well, Virginia game, but o- it was overtime 28 is, seconds till a draw. So right. both overtime teams had, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Both teams had a, a lot of, um, you know, a long game the week before, so that might have played into it. And I feel like both Baylor and Oklahoma State seemed uh, really worn out uh, at the, uh, you know, at the 90-minute mark and then the 20-minute uh, golden goal uh, two periods. So I... Uh, I don't think that a whole lot happened. I don't know if I, that should have been expected or not. But, uh, you know, can I give it like an uh, NA or uh, <laughs> I don't know what to give a grade for something that uh, I just, just grade it. I'll that give it a uh, your gut reaction. on it. I'll give it a B. OK, I'd give it a solid C. Yeah. Yeah. I, I OK. Would. Go ahead. I, I gave it a C minus. OK. And fair enough. My reasoning uh looking back on it 
as I pull this up real quick. Yep. I believe what I found was that there was only one shot combined in the yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. And I, it didn't feel like there was any urgency. Kind of felt like when overtime started, they kind of looked like they were ready to just accept a draw and get out of there. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not saying that's not a fair choice. I mean, that's certainly something Baylor would be fine with because, I mean, that's what they've been able to do this year is shut people out and, and get points out of it. OSU, I felt like, you know, if they were going to win, it was going to be a late game winner. And I just felt, I felt like, you know, for the scenario you're in, Baylor's played three straight overtime games heading into that. Mm -hmm. They're probably exhausted. I understand you had just played an overtime game as well, but, you know, I kind of sit there and go, it was all playing in your favor. You were the more attacking oriented team the second half, you know play with a lot a lot of urgency and you're probably going to win the game and I just didn't really feel like there was any urgency at all whatsoever until it was basically over and I mean whenever they started playing with urgency they turned the ball over ball went out of play yeah and the game completely died and I think it, that kind of ruined overtime in a sense so yeah I I, I mean you know it, it it's overtime there there's you know, so much that you could blame, so many factors going into it. But uh, honestly, I, you know, I, I, I agree with Sam is, I mean, really fatigue. If you think about it, uh, Baylor, I believe, was was also coming off, also coming off an overtime, a two overtime game. Unfortunately for them, they lost that one to Iowa State. Of course, Oklahoma State came off a two overtime win in their case. So, you know, same situation, just, you know, just, unfor well, I guess, unfortunately for either side, no one was able to find a winner. Yeah, I think that really summarizes overtime, yeah. honestly. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot to say about it, but yeah, I was just not really impressed with the way that overtime went. I didn't think yeah. they did anything that was worthy of getting a goal to win the game let's be real no one wants to hop on a bus on a friday night and oh, uh, you know bus down to waco to come a, come away with a draw so i'm sure there was certainly some disappointment uh, probably more so on the side of the cowgirls just because jacob you said it did feel like oklahoma state started to uh you know get in a groove in the second half and maybe uh you know uh, at least start to dominate the game a little bit even though it obviously didn't show up in the scoreboard so i certainly assume there was some disappointment but hey you know in the big 12 competitive league it's going to be tough to win them all. So, 3-0-1. I'm sure the Cowgirls are content oh, with yeah. that. Hey, something I just wanted to point out. Uh, uh, I, okay, I'm, I'm not going to recap the other scores in the Big 12 last week, but I will tell you all about the slate this week, of course. Um, Oklahoma State, that'll be a good game. Hosting uh, the, sim the similar record, TCU Horn Frogs, 3-0-1. 3-0-1 as well, of course. 7 o'clock p.m. Neil Patterson Stadium on ESPN Plus as well. But, man, this is a pretty good group of matches. Kansas State going down to Austin. That's 5 o'clock on the Longhorn Network. Iowa State, Oklahoma. That should be a pretty good game. 7 o'clock as well on Fox Sports Oklahoma. Here's where things get really, really interesting. You might want to get some popcorn how about a cold beverage? I mean, uh, th these are going to be two great matches: Kansas versus Baylor in Waco, seven o'clock. That, I mean, Kansas really coming out of nowhere. Kansas, really, really impressive. Um, 
I believe I I Kansas is Kansas is four and zero guys. So I think they're probably look out for the Jayhawks. The winner of this OSU the OSU TCU game might be the biggest biggest challenger. Yeah, and, but then here's the other thing, and 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 I think I I don't know. Uh, it's this is obviously going to be two heavyweights going at it. West Virginia, Texas Tech, seven fifteen in Lubbock. I don't know about you guys, but uh, Friday night after, or of course probably next Saturday since it's a bye week, I will be spending uh, probably Saturday morning trying to watch the replays of those two matches oh, because yeah. it's going to be some good soccer. There will be really good soccer this weekend. Yeah. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So um, let's move into what we're planning. What What do we think for this weekend? Are we thinking big wins? Are we thinking draws? Are we thinking I mean, they might fall close. off a cliff again? A, a, a close game. Um I like, uh, obviously, as Adam said in the kind of promo that he gave, uh, Oklahoma State's at home. The promo. So, yeah. Uh, I'm honestly, home I'm, cooking, al- I'm always going to feel uh, good about the Cowgirls' chances in Neil Patterson Stadium. Yeah. At least this year, uh, I feel like they've looked very good there. Um, you know, kind of uh, beating up on uh, teams that they've, you know, they've always taken care of business when they need to in Neil Patterson Stadium. So, I, I'm going to feel good. I'll pick the Cowgirls to win this game. TCU, though... They're a uh, solid opponent in their own right. You know, if you look at the uh, common opponents, TCU also had a uh, nil-nil draw with Baylor in their season opener. So TCU, uh, that was their only draw, and then they've knocked off Texas and Iowa State. So uh, common opponent there, TCU uh, also beat Iowa State. So the Cowgirls, um, you know, it should be a close game. I I feel good. I if I'm willing to think, uh, you know, TCU has not given up a goal yet. They've gone nil nil, one three zero against Texas, and then one one to zero against Iowa State. So I do not believe that the Cowgirls will get shut out. I feel like uh, Oklahoma State will be able to notch their first uh, TCU's um, first goal given up on the year. How about we go two one Oklahoma State? That's my prediction. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go two one Oklahoma State as well, but uh, overtime. We it it it's one one. Uh, both teams go to overtime. OSU scores the winner in the first OT. Okay. Uh, so last week, yeah, I I was really on the fence and gave OSU a one nil pick. I picked OSU yeah. one nil over yeah. Baylor. Pick of the week right there, Jacob. Congratulations. I <laughs> I have a gut feeling we'll see. Is OSU coming off a game where they don't get the perfect result? What are they gonna? Sh- what are they gonna look like? Are they gonna show out? Are they gonna play really tight? Close They're gonna game be hungry. Again? I'm, 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 I'm telling you. Sorry to interrupt. I'm telling you guys right now. Coach Car- Carmichael's gonna get his squad ready to play. They, trust me, they are going to be. They're gonna be going out there, kind of. You know, they're gonna be going out there w- with an edge, like th- thinking, man. Last Friday, last Friday was our game. You know, last Friday we had the chances, we didn't capitalize. But hey, ladies. This Friday against TCU in front of the home crowd, wonderful atmosphere. We got to get it done. So, with that being said, my gut prediction is three nil. Oh, geez. I think OSU wins three nil. Man, what and a I know that what a result really that would bold, be. No, but... no, no. I mean, it. I mean, it, it could happen. What yeah. man? I'm I'm telling you. That, I think we'll see. That would be enjoyable. I think we'll see them come out locked in. And I, engaged I I and... I do agree. 
Guess, I wouldn't be shocked if it looks similar to the K-State game where you score wow. two times within okay. a few minutes and then you make you get another one later in the game. But okay. that's what my gut feeling is, so yeah. I'm going to go with it. I will say something to uh, maybe keep in mind when we're watching this game unfold next Friday uh, is uh, TCU in their last game against Iowa State. TCU had 17 fouls in the wow. uh, game, and then they had 11 in the first half. So, so you know, uh, with that being said, it's going to be another physical match. We might expect to see Grace Yoakum on her back, oh, uh, you know, taking hits again. She is uh, really becoming the um, the glue guy, as the expression yeah. is for the Cowgirls this year. So, uh, Man, yeah. Grace might have to hit the ice bath. We'll see about that. She, but um, yeah. TCU, she's been taking a beating. They also had, you know, talking about one heck of an eventful first half. In their last game against Iowa State, TCU had 15 first-half shots wow. and 11 fouls in the first half. So look for this game to uh, you know, certainly not lack any action. Oh, it will be a fun one for Is sure. Is it safe to say that we think Plotts might get the most work she's had all year in this mm. one after that Baylor game? Uh, Like... I think that that's probably fair to say. Solid yeah. shots, I I think because well, l- looking back, um, ba- she 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 had her work cut out for her ba- uh, against Baylor, but I mean most of the work last week came from her uh, kicking goal kicks. I, I I I see Friday. I think she will be busy on the ground. Okay. Yeah. It'll certainly be something to look out for. Uh, you know. So Jacob, Adam, and I, we all have a. Uh, Predictions that the Cowgirls will yeah. win. Jacob, uh, going out on limb again. It worked out for him last time. you got to respect the boldness. It, it, it did. I mean, yeah. We'll see. Uh, Adam has the game ending in overtime. I have it ending in regulation. So uh, we'll see, guys. I'm excited. Yeah, it will be a fun one. We will talk to you guys next week. All right. Talk to you later.